0: All right. Well, hey, everybody, and welcome to this episode of Real Live Talk. So stoked that you're here to check out this episode for this conversation. I have back with me Amy Davidson, who is uh, just... best guest ever so i'm excited for tonight if you guys get anything out of this episode (laughs) anything out of this conversation if it blesses you or challenges you or has any kind of value to your life if you consider subscribing sharing or leaving a review we'd greatly greatly appreciate that amy davison thank you so so much for coming back on the show and being here it's so good to see you
1: oh man it's always great to see you duke and honestly though this is like my favorite place to hang out. Seriously, I'm like, yes. I look <laughs> at all my things I gotta do. I'm like, okay, we got interviews, we got podcasts, and I'm like, but I get to hang out with Duke, so that's awesome. So <laughs>
0: we're gonna hang out live on the internet yeah. in front of millions of not millions of people, but anyway. Uh, but yeah, so uh, <laughs> but uh, but yeah, thank thank you so much. I, I I say this every time, but I always really enjoy our conversations. I feel like they're so informative, and um, you're such a good person to talk to because. When we when we talk, you're always so knowledgeable about um, about your field and and where you work. And I think that you add tremendous value. And I'm excited to get into this conversation, even though it's kind of a somewhat terrifying (laughs) thing to talk about. Uh, But before we jump into what we're going to really get into tonight, if you would, just for the benefit of anybody that might be. Um, tuning in maybe you didn't see any of the past episodes where you were a guest and maybe doesn't know who you are if you would uh, just share a little bit about yourself who you are and what you do
1: sure I'm Amy Davison I am an Air Force veteran and now I've turned apologist so I work for an amazing ministry called mama bear apologetics which is it's not just for moms, it's for parents, it's for youth leaders, it's for anyone who shepherds kids at any point in time. We are there just to help equip you to be able to stand firm in the faith and raise this next generation to be warriors for Christ. Uh, We- definitely are big into critical evaluation of arguments and really looking at both sides and being charitable to, uh, to both sides. And so we foster this atmosphere of critical thinking that is so important for our kids today and just for us as Christians all together. So yeah, it's just a, a wonderful ministry to be a part of and and I'm really grateful to be there.
0: Awesome. And if you would, just real quick, give a give a quick shout out or plug to some of the resources. Um, So I'm sure we're going to be highlighting some things here in this conversation tonight, but maybe um, some of the books that are available on Amazon or just where people can go to find out some of the resources that are offered by Mama Bear Apologetics.
1: Oh my gosh. Uh we have a resource page on our website so I highly recommend going there. For this conversation we're going to be talking about social media which is awesome. We're using social media to talk about social media. Love that irony there. So one of the books that I'm using here is Why Gender Matters. It's um by Dr. Leonard Sachs. He's awesome. I love his statistics and just uh, the wealth of knowledge that he brings in there. I'm going to be referencing some Pew research journal studies which I will send uh, and we could probably put maybe in the comments or something to where you guys can go and look at some of these other studies. There's some that are done by um, I believe it's uh, Penn Medical and just a few others. So we'll include those all in the resources so that way you can go look at the statistics yourself and just it can help kind of launch you off on your own further study.
0: That's awesome. So. So, yeah, so I'm not even 100% sure how to get rolling here, how to jump into this conversation. I want to talk a little bit about social media. Uh, Amy gave me a title, The Good, the Bad and the Ugly of Social Media. And uh, by the way, I do recognize the irony of this in that we are on social media right now (laughs) having this conversation. So we're not uh, by any means anti- technologists or anything of that nature um, but there there is definitely some some bad some dark um, mm-hmm. stuff that is uh yeah that um, it affects all of us. As you said, Amy. it affects um, not just kids, not just young people, uh, but Mm -hmm. adults as well. And so yeah, let's kind of uh, start here. We'll see how this conversation unfolds as we go forward. Maybe we'll end up on some different topics. But uh, just on the social media conversation, what are some trends maybe that you've noticed that are particularly more on the detrimental side as far as the growth and development of young people in the days that we're living?
1: I think the one thing that surprised me the most, and we we uncovered this as I was do, or as we were doing research for our book, um, The Mom and Bear Guide to Sexuality, is just how much kid how much time kids spend on social media. You know, I was thinking, okay, maybe it was, you know, an hour here, an hour there, that sort of thing. And it ranges between six and a half and nine hours every single day that they're on social media. And that just floored me. Uh, because I'm just like, wait, where are they getting this time? And so many kids are staying up late, especially if parents are not confiscating the phones at bedtime. You know, these kids are staying up super late chatting to each other on Instagram, uh, Snapchat, YouTube, all of these social media outlets. And so I think that was probably the biggest one that floored me is just how much time kids are spending on social media. And then Mm. I, I think the next part is how there is a a fairly steady correlation between the increase in social media use and the increase in suicide, depression, anxiety. And again, we think of social media issues as a kid issue, and this was consistent among adults uh, as well. So I, I just found that those two things really fascinating, especially when we think of how the pandemic has just been carrying on for quite a while. A lot of states are still closed down for the most part. I just went up to Washington for Christmas and so much of theirs is still closed down. And so of course there was this huge jump in social media use when the pandemic kicked off. And so, you know, it's, it's one of these where it's this horrible cycle where we've pulled people out of maybe one-on-one communities that they've had in the workplace at, at their family's house or in church and that sort, we've pulled it and they've, instead, kind of gone to social media as a way to remain connected. But depending on how you're using social media, we're actually fueling this anxiety and depression. So it, yeah, it's seriously problematic.
0: You know, uh, so the first thing that you mentioned there deals was dealing with the amount of time that young people are spending online. Did you did I hear you right? You said six to nine six hours
1: and a half to nine hours a day. Yes
0: that's pretty unreal and as wise? you said it's like well you're in school for mm-hmm. 7 and you're sleeping for you know presumably hopefully 6 or 7 yeah. hopefully or 8 or you know what i mean or whatever it is but yeah so where is all this time coming from it's almost mm-hmm. it's basically like every waking moment where you're where you're able to you're <laughs> engaged in social media when you think about numbers in that way but as you said the idea of of sp- staying up late and and there's mm-hmm. I, th- I think one of the biggest um problems that i see with with these trends is the social pressure that young people are under where it's like if if i'm not staying up late to engage with people like that world is going to continue on without me and then mm-hmm. i'm somehow being left out and so the, the 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 whole like social structure around social media is it, it kind of You know mimics what it did probably for us when when we were growing up in a different way where it wasn't so digital and online but it was just like the idea of missing out on something if you're not there if you're not there with your group of friends that's hanging out if you're not you know engaged in this way then you're missing out on something and then like Mm -hmm. i remember when i was growing up when i was i guess when i was a teenager it was kind of the web 1.0 or whatever where we had like aol instant messenger and we had that that kind of stuff with dial-up internet Mm -hmm. and we'd go into like you know that was the age of chat rooms and stuff like that Many any youngins are listening you don't know what a chat room is that's okay but it was like this idea of it was just a messenger service on your Mm -hmm. computer kind of the way that you would text somebody today but there was no there were no avatars. There were no, like, there was none of that. It was just very primitive, just kind of sending messages. You get to, like, broom, broom, and, <laughs> and and just that back and forth kind of thing, sending messages. Mm-hmm. But I remember the social pressure of that back in my day, you know, where it was <laughs> this, uh, this, this thing of, uh, like, oh, like, like my, my friends are maybe online right now, and they're, you know, it, it like, I don't know if you remember this, it, Amy, where you'd be hanging out with people in person. Mm-hmm. And then you'd be going your separate ways. You'd be like, um, like, like, uh, I am me. That, that's mm-hmm. that's what that's what the thing was. It was it was like, oh, I am me. Now then it turned into text me, and now mm-hmm. it's turned into you know whatever it whatever it is and wherever it's going. It's like I'll see you in the metaverse or you know whatever. But yeah, <laughs> but you know what I mean. So there's just that yeah. social pressure aspect of it where I think that a lot of people just feel like they're missing out and they're disconnected if they're not engaging as much as possible you know what i mean and i think it's leading to some really bad habits and tendencies
1: yeah that's part of what's fueling the anxiety is that fomo that fear of missing out and yeah Mm. you know when we were kids uh because aol instant messenger it was fun because i was able to, to look up some dates so that came out around or all of that, MySpace, Facebook, AOL, Instant Messenger was prevalent from like the 90s to the early 2000s. So yeah, it was funny. My my parents were not ones. We didn't get cell phones in high school. So uh, I didn't even have that I am me thing. It was just, um, oh, you know, you have some people who have the, the cell phones and it was just we'd you'd have to call each other on this phone that was connected with a cord to the wall. Like, do you remember that? What? that was, it was, I know it was wild. Abserting. I've, I've threatened my kids with that. I'm like, y'all, you don't even know what it's like. I was like, we're gonna, I'm gonna get you a phone. It's gonna be a house phone. It's gonna have like a 30 foot long stretchy cord, and you could lock yourself in a closet like I did. Um, You know, that's what I'm like. If you get crazy with your phones, this is what's gonna happen. But, um, but in a way, you know, too, you mentioned that that fear of missing out. But um, sort of on the opposite side of that is. It was always fun to have that bit of separation. And then when you met the morning of school, it's, oh my gosh, what did you do when you got home? You know, if you hadn't called each other, because, you know, if you had somebody on the internet in your house, the phone wasn't accessible. Nobody could call you. So you could, you would go, you know, 12 hours or more without talking to your friends and so that was always such an exciting thing like running up in in middle school and be like oh my gosh i haven't seen you in forever that's what we girls said i don't know if guys say that like do y'all run up to each other and be like oh my gosh that's that's a girl we, were,
0: thing. we were we were we were a little bit cooler than that
1: we're reserved. yeah yeah a little more reserved yeah, yeah. yeah so that's no that's not right. us girls it was well what did you do what did your parents think of this did you get you know did you watch this show so in a way you almost kind of miss out on that separation and the excitement of getting back together because you're constantly connected and there's, uh, you know, this pressure to always be relevant. That's a huge pressure, especially Mm -hmm. among girls because social media affects guys and girls differently. So especially from the female aspect, you know, it's this constant pressure to stay relevant, to have the followers, to be engaging with your community. You know, you have this this online uh, audience and that's what was so funny is looking up information on social media, there were so many websites on, oh, this is how you engage with your followers. This is how you build your following. There's just this so much pressure to almost be like this micro leader of this huge group of people. And it almost perpetuates this false view of community because you get so dependent upon perfect strangers all around the world. And you have this sort of stress of if I don't stay relevant, if I don't stay edgy, if I don't do something interesting, it's kind of this Miley Cyrus thing that they're all just going to walk away or, or abandon me. And yeah, there's just so much pressure to to stay in the moment, but you're not in the moment with people that you're around. You're in the moment with all these virtual folks, which is one thing that My husband and I, we really take notice of whenever we go out to eat is not just the teens, how you'll have a huge group of teens together and they're all just on their phones. And, and you kind of like, why are you at the, why are you at the mall? Why are you at the restaurant? You could do this at home. (laughs) Um, but so many families too, to where the families get to the restaurant, they sit in the booth and nobody talks to anybody like the whole dinner time. We're looking at each other. We're like, they haven't, they haven't got off their phones the whole time. It's yeah, it's crazy.
0: Yeah, that that right there is nuts and it drives me crazy. We're we're not the most disciplined f- family when it comes to that kind of stuff. So, um w- we'll kind of we'll kind of notice that we're hanging out together mm-hmm. and that it maybe and it could be my wife or it could be me, like maybe we have we have our our phone out and we're checking something, but then if it goes on for more than like a minute or two, we'll kind of like 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 hey, you want to like yeah. actually be here with me? You want to yeah. like put that away? You know what I mean? Like mm-hmm. we're there's at least an awareness there and I know that we could for sure do do better with it than we do but like there's there's at least an awareness there Um, but it does drive me crazy when I see that just like a whole family and it's just like there's no there's no engagement there's no there's no dialogue going on it's it's funny how you said that about you know it kind of I, I feel like things have shifted and obviously not completely and obviously not for everybody we're I'm speaking in very you know general terms but how there has kind of been a shift to like, it used to be that, you know, if you got on the, for, you know, for me, it was the IM thing, or if you got on the phone with somebody at night, you'd be almost kind of like recapping the things that happened during that day. Like that happened in person, the things that helped. Oh, remember when this happened in school and the teacher said this, or so-and-so did this or whatever. And it was kind of like that, that sort of a thing. Now I feel like it's kind of flip-flopped a little bit more to where the in-person interactions are almost kind of like recapping like oh well, let me tell you about what i saw online let me let me yeah. let me tell you about about this thing yeah. let and me show where, you this TikTok
1: video it's hilarious yeah
0: exactly because you're mm-hmm. looking for that next thing to kind of one up somebody else to kind of get mm-hmm. that thing of i don't know there, there could be something for some people of like you know you want to be in the know and what's going on and like the latest trends and the latest videos and this and that and i don't know all of that kind of stuff carries that sort of social clout or social currency and uh, yeah, but but ultimately, I think um, there's just uh, there's so much pressure on yeah on kids today, you know, and and again, yeah. I know that this doesn't just include kids in this conversation um, because I see that, you know, I, I see the effects of it in, in my own life as well and in other adults that I know. But um, it's a little bit different because we're our brains are fully developed and it's, it's just a little it's definitely different. And yeah. uh, I think that the way that we engage with, um, with technology in general is going to vary from age group to age group, but it's just crazy. And uh, that pressure, as you said, um, leads to a lot of other, you know, dark places.
1: Yeah, it really can. So, I mean, when we look at social media, there there is a lot of good things. Like when we think, at, at a, you know, just within these past few years with the pandemic, so many people were able to maintain that, uh, that one-on-one contact, so to speak, with extended family members, which has just been phenomenal. I know I've got family up in Washington. Um, and so to be able to have this phone and be able to connect and even just ministry, I mean, gosh, without social media, Duke, we never would have met and hung out. Oh, for sure. I know. And so it's incredible to see that just how much this has shifted uh, our world and how we can stay connected, which is which has been fantastic lately. Um, I think of the schools, uh, because if this had happened back when we were kids, I mean, schools just would have completely shut down. And the parents, I mean, I can't imagine how rough it would have been on parents because now, you know, you can look up little, little writing practices and that sort of thing. I think every homeschool, like Mardell bookstores would have totally been cleared out worse than Walmart if this had happened back in like 1995, (laughs) because there's no way that you could Google little handwriting sheets and that sort. And just the, just the community that's able to be fostered on social media is, is absolutely fantastic because Um, I'm, you know, being former military and everything, being able to connect with other people and across the world and say, okay, have you dealt with this? Or where even just like we were in Germany, it's okay. Where can we go for, for just some, some good food or some diapers, you know? Oh, here, go check out this Mm -hmm. place. It's, it's been a huge blessing. And one thing that's been also really great is how social media has actually helped the church. So. Uh, there was this great study and let's see. So it was this study done by, and there's kind of a long name for it, but it's prolonged social media or nope, nope, that's not right. Hold on. <laughs> I had it. I was like, nope, that was just a note to myself. Here it is exploring the pandemic impact on congregations. So this one, this is one thing I was really curious about because there had been this article that I'd seen through the news come out a few weeks ago talking about how churches just took this huge hit during the pandemic and they're just barely crawling back. And so I was really curious about how social media has influenced the church. And one thing that they studied is they looked at churches who just completely remained closed, shut down their doors, you know, they've just, everybody's gone home, that sort. Then you've got churches that went to just fully online to where they are not meeting in person Mm -hmm. whatsoever. Yeah. And the third group were the churches that they had to they had to adapt, you know, they had to do the they and they're doing dual services, they offer them in person and online. And those churches that actually did that route, the in person and online, those are the ones that have actually flourished and seen growth through the pandemic. Right. Which I thought was so cool because you would almost think that the churches that went all online, okay, that's the one that uh, that's the one that would have the most flourishing because okay, we're we're all just online, everybody can access it. But no, it's it's being able to adapt to your congregation. And so here we have social media, which I know a lot of churches were thrown for a loop for because many of them did not have online ministries until the pandemic threw them into the fire, so to speak. On that. But this is also great because, again, we have people who have compromised immune systems and people who maybe are just not comfortable yet coming back in person. And now they have multiple yeah. opportunities to encounter the gospel.
0: Yeah, that's so crazy. We were we were one of those that were not online until the pandemic happened.
1: Oh, yeah. So how did that and go? I'm curious.
0: It was uh, it was interesting. So, the yeah. you know, most of that fell on me. As far as actually getting it up and running, the thing was, we had been talking about it up to that point for actually a while and had just never pulled the trigger. And it's so funny. And I'm pretty sure I probably talked about this before toward the beginning, you know, earlier on in the pandemic. uh, But there, it's just funny how you can innovate or get creative when you have to, you know? Like how stuff just you you have to make stuff when you have to make stuff work you, and there's no other option like you figure it out. So we had kind of thought about going online as this thing that, you know, we wanted to do it. And it wasn't just that we wanted to. I mean, we we had an urgency from the Lord actually to do it. And we had a plan. We had vision for it. But like we were waiting, like we were accumulating you know, some equipment and things like that. And we were kind of going slow through the process because in in our mind it had to be this, you know, well done thing with like expensive cameras and stuff like this. And then like when we, when it came down to it and when the rubber met the road and there was no other option, but to go online, like, all right, I guess we're using cell phones and (laughs) you know what I mean? Yeah, (laughs) I guess we're just doing it. And, uh, and we did it and it was rough for the first few weeks. And then we had some friends that were like, okay, uh, you know, here's something that you can do that right away that's not too difficult that that can like improve your sound quality. So we worked on improving the sound quality. And then from there, um, we just watched as God opened doors and people donated cameras and and just wow. different things. And so we were uh, you know, able to kind of slowly up our production from like one camera to two, then to three, and like we were able to, and we still, you know, keep it, keep it uh Pretty simple for the most part, um, when Um, because, you know, we've stayed online, but like, you know, whatever. It's, it's still not the most sophisticated, advanced way of doing online church. But all that to say, it was just sort of this process where like we had a very sm- short period of time to put something together that worked. And then we just kind of, you know, started in a very primitive place and went from there. I feel like that's how a lot of life works. <laughs> if yeah. we I don't mean to take us off topic, but I feel like that's how a lot of life works, where we just we don't do something because we, we feel like we have to wait until the stars align and everything's mm-hmm. in place, yes. whereas the amount of like the amount of like increase in growth that you can see by just actually getting started with what you have and then just watch as it unfolds because so, so much of life just does not unfold until you start to actually take those first steps. Yeah. And so, yeah, that, so that, that was an area where we definitely saw that play out um, for us, but yeah, yeah, at the beginning it was kind of rough and it was just kind of yeah. like, well, whatever, this is, this is how yeah. it is. Deal. With oh, it. I
1: know. Well, and I don't think anybody expected it to last as long as it did um no, for sure. so where if they had, I think they probably would have organized a bunch of middle schoolers, like, all right, middle schoolers unite, y'all help us with our technology, because none of us know what we're doing. Um, yeah, and that, and you know, you're so right because so oftentimes we don't take those leaps of faith because we are either comfortable or we're frightened. And so we can be very much a Gideon in our approach. And, uh, and yeah, sometimes, you know, when, when we're forced out of our comfort zones, it's amazing to see how, how God just works in that, in that chaos to where it can all be worked together. And that vulnerability is almost necessary at times for immense spiritual growth. And so it's, it's been neat to see churches uh really just up their game I guess
0: yeah and I don't mean to compare the 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 plight of Mm -hmm. what we went through uh two years ago with the persecution that they experienced in the book of acts but (laughs) but it's the same kind (laughs) of thing that happened way um, to be dramatic did you dude. like did you like the way I prefaced that I, I really uh, did that was definitely solid. not they're definitely not the same thing not but the same it's thing. just that idea of being under you know being under you know for them they were un, they came under persecution before yeah. that they had gotten in a sense like you know the 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 word of the Lord was to that the gospel was to spread throughout the whole earth and then I think it was like five years later they had pretty much stayed where they mm-hmm. were And then they came under persecution and people were scattered and spread abroad. And then that's how the gospel really began to spread. And so there's definitely something. And again, that's a very that's that's a much more dramatic and amazing um, representation of that. But I do think that there's a there's a principle there maybe that I, I, I do think we see playing out in different areas of life, too, where when you step outside of comfort zone, whether you're making the decision to step out of comfort or it's thrust upon you because you're in a pandemic or whatever else, then uh, you know, I think that you really have an opportunity to see growth and creativity flow in ways that you, you know, hadn't before because it's hard to see creativity and growth when you're staying in a place of comfort. You know?
1: Yeah. Oh, yeah. Comfort and complacency just go hand in hand, and I love how you mentioned that bringing out um, creativity too, because that's one thing that we're seeing. So I'm not a I'm not a TikToker. Uh, I don't I don't have the app. Um, my husband would would occasionally <laughs> come home and show me like TikTok videos. He's like, Oh, this is hilarious, and uh, and that sort. But uh, that's one thing that we have really seen this sort of uh, revival in ministry to where we have Christian TikTokers who are bringing mm-hmm. the gospel and apologetics into a realm where people may not have ever encountered that. And that's, you know, that's kind of, that's the good and the bad of TikTok. You can't filter anything out. Like, especially when you first log on it, uh, it doesn't know your preferences. And so it's just going to shotgun blast everything at you. And I mean, everything. And yeah. uh, some of it is really awful, but it's, one of those things—it's where the gospel can come in and actually do good within that realm, and there are people that are encountering Jesus who never would have any other way. So that's one of those ways where it's like social media—you know, high five because this is awesome because people are are encountering the gospel when they are just you know scrolling at lunch or uh, who never would set foot in a church.
0: So TikTok is. <laughs> pretty off the rails right yes um now there there are two options though right like when you're in tiktok because like i didn't know how this worked when i I don't use tiktok a lot but like Mm -hmm. i every once in a while i'll i'll go on and i'll and i'll just whatever i'll check stuff for a while i was doing tiktoks and i was Mm -hmm. doing christian take i wasn't doing lip sync videos and dancing amy wait were you Um, doing the ones where people just sit
1: there and they're like and they, like, point <laughs> to words above their heads. <laughs>
0: and and like, those what? get, like, millions of views. Oh, and I'm just like, what? And they're so
1: boring. I think like, there's a
0: combination of the music. Yeah. It's like, uh, it, it really is an amazing thing. The, it's, like, a fully different level of creativity and way of expressing okay. yourself. That was kind of their big thing at the mm-hmm. beginning, too. Like, when you saw it advertised on, like, Twitter and other social media platforms, it was, like, be yourself on TikTok. And, yeah. and uh, people really embraced that. But then, you know, like... I don't even know how these trends get started because they're over so quickly, but it's like yeah. a song that just gets reproduced and mm-hmm. different things done. You know, there's like we, like the we videos. Oh, yes. Uh,
1: I, okay. Those are like We they have like a dog, like just jumping and crashing. And just go do, do, do,
0: do. They're incredible. <laughs> they're incredible. But like, I'll just go, I would just like Google those and do like a whole compilation of them. And I'd watch yeah. those with my kids because they're yeah. so funny. But they um. Are. Yeah, like I don't even know. Uh, I got off topic. I don't remember why why I went there, but yeah, like so there is like this really interesting sort of form of creativity that happens mm-hmm. on TikTok. That um, you know, it's just it's it's just interesting. It kind of fascinates me the way that people's minds work. And I mm-hmm. see certain things, and I'm just like, who like what like who comes up with these things? Yeah. But then somebody does it, and then it becomes mm-hmm. something that just gets duplicated over and over again with like your own spin on it. Mm-hmm. and it just becomes some like internet fad trend kind of thing that just yes. lasts for sometimes they only last for a week and sometimes mm. it's you know like when uh, everybody started doing the the uh for it and literally I think it was like a week or two weeks where the Holy Spirit activate like like those things that you see any okay of those no videos? I missed
1: out on that one okay now now I have something to Google <laughs> when we hop off and be like okay wait what does this activate because it sounds like like Christian power Rangers.
0: You need to check it out. And it was so okay. funny because we actually watched it happen in real life. Um, and then the internet just picked it up like 30 mm-hmm. seconds later. And and like all these people started doing it. So it actually happened. It was on the, um, not the Steve Harvey show, but uh, the, the game show that he hosts, Family Feud. Oh, yeah. And so, so Steve Harvey is, you know, they're on Family Feud. And yeah. this uh, they're about to do the, I think they call it fast money at the end where they have to answer the questions. Yeah. And, and so the... The woman that was up there, he was about to start asking her the questions, and she goes, "Hold up!" And then she just started like clapping and doing this little <gasps> dance right. and going, "Holy!" Okay, that I've act. seen. It was so good. It it was so funny because Steve Harvey's amazing, and he yeah. just exploits things, and they just went with it, and oh and gosh. they just, you know what I mean. He can just yeah. uh, take something and run with it, and so it was mm-hmm. one of those. And it was really cool. But then by like the next morning, it was all over, it's everywhere, you know, TikTok and Facebook and everywhere mm-hmm. people doing like their little videos with that. And uh, and it's funny. It's just interesting yeah. the way the way that people, you know, express yeah. themselves. I think it's really creative. And uh, so there's an aspect for sure where we can enjoy stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, like it wasn't until like a f- couple of months ago, a friend of mine told me, on TikTok, because I would pretty much just stay away from it for the most part, <laughs> yeah. because it is hard to filter things out. Um, yeah. Or as you said, things they'll just send you stuff. Mm-hmm. But uh but he he showed me just my I didn't even know you could do this. He showed me how you can um, like dislike videos that come mm. up, like dislike things that come up in your feed. And I, I think, and I don't even remember at this point. I don't even remember how you do it. It's really simple. I don't know if it's like um, you. It's something about tapping the screen, but I know if you tap mm. it twice, it's going to like it, but mm. it's doing something on the screen where you can actually dislike a video the same way that you would do on Spotify or something like that. And then the algorithm will learn not to send you those kinds of things. And so mm-hmm. I noticed that it didn't take like a super long time. Uh, you just have to be a little bit proactive about it and uh, and kind of work through the you know work through yeah. that for a little while but you can start to you know kind of clean up what TikTok thinks you're going to be interested in um i yeah. don't know if it lasts forever because again i'm not that i don't use TikTok a whole lot but
1: yeah anyway. yeah no, I mean that would, and then you would really have to be proactive, especially if you're going to. Because I I see a lot of parents allowing, um, especially young children, to actually create videos and put them on there. We had a, a neighbor boy who would actively be creating videos and that sort. So it seems like you would almost have to have their phone first for quite a while and do do it yourself, so that way you can have those installed. Because yeah, you know, you've got you've got the somewhat harmless videos that are. It's almost like a bunch of adults are reenacting a talent show they did in middle school. And, uh, and then you have like the really terrible stuff that's on there too. And then what's really been fascinating just from a social aspect is the, um, is kind of like TikTok morality that has crept in, Mm -hmm. especially among our youth. And it's, it's really interesting because my, my son kind of defined it really great. He was like, well, if it's funny, it's good. And, and that's basically TikTok morality is if it's funny, if it gets the likes, if it goes viral, if it becomes a challenge, especially, then it's good. And you should do these things. And yeah, um, yeah. It, it was one of those to where, OK, yeah, you have like the ridiculous challenges like Tide Pod challenge and the cinnamon challenge oh, and, yeah. and mm-hmm. you know, all this silly stuff. But um, I didn't there were, it, it really shifts into more vandalism and violence too, because at the end of December of 2021 there, and it was in my son's school too. Uh, we actually were there for a a teacher conference and we got to hear just over the loudspeaker, the teachers telling the students, look, you cannot do these TikTok challenges. Cause the big thing that was there was, um oh, what is it called? Uh, it's like dastardly links or something. It was the vandalism within the bathrooms to where they were encouraging kids to go into their public school bathrooms, steal smash. Um, squirt, like condensed those condensed Kool-Aid things. You're supposed to squirt them all over the walls. I mean, just to- totally wreck the place at, to where they had, um, for our school, it had gotten so bad that they had to post teachers on the doorways to the bathrooms to monitor, you know, who's going in and that sort of thing in case vandalism did occur. And, you know, the kids, they didn't have any concept that they were actually doing acts of vandalism. And and uh, that same month, there was also, it wasn't just vandalized the bathrooms it would slap a teacher. So they would have one student, yes, they would have a student, um, they would either film it themselves or another friend film them as, you know, if they're walking down the hall, there's a teacher they pass by, they would slap them. So now you not only have acts of vandalism, but now we have acts of violence. And the kids think, well, just because this is trending and, you know, so-and-so that I follow does it on TikTok, now this is okay. And it's funny and I should do it myself. And so mm-hmm. it's we really see this assault on morality that these kids have, and perhaps maybe it sort of exposes us as maybe parents and youth leaders that we're we're not making a good enough case for objective morality, as well as you know helping kids understand that. Now I get, I get, I get that we all have free will, and that kids, especially especially boys, and this is actually, this is backed up by biology, uh, but it sounds a little crude. They get dumber in groups. But, um, I think most guys oh, can that's
0: a hundred percent true.
1: Oh, okay. I was gonna say, so you're a guy <laughs> so, yeah, the like the intelligence level goes down. <laughs> so um it, I mean, it's it really funny does. that that's
0: backed up by, by uh, that uh, that that's backed up by science.
1: Yes. Oh, in fact, That's we just hilarious. watched. A, yeah. And we had watched a show. It was on Netflix that was explaining the brain. And we'd watched this like two nights ago. And it was talking about teenagers and why they do the things they do. And they actually showed how, oh, when when uh, they did a study on drivers and they had teens go on like this um, this computerized driving course and how, how they did just on their own. It was just them in the room. And they said, okay, we're going to have you do this course again, but your friends are going to be watching you do it. And the second mm. their fr- they knew their friends were watching, they made more reckless decision making. They crashed more and so they were doing all these studies showing how yeah teens um especially boys uh the intelligence level goes down when there's more than one boy (laughs) present the increased amount of boys the lower the intelligence um
0: yeah for sure
1: you're way more
0: likely to get hurt when you're with a with a group of guys than you are when you're by yourself Sure. Oh, my
1: gosh. Absolutely. And, and social media, what does that do? Now, instead of you being by yourself, you, because of this glorious little invention here, now have a worldwide audience. So it's not like back when we were kids when it's like, okay, you know, if the friends are gone, maybe, you know, I'll be a little more sensible. Now it's no, I don't even have to have friends around because now I can live stream me doing this dumb stuff. And I'm going to get likes and followers. And the second they get that likes and followers, it releases that dopamine within the brain, which is the reward chemical. Um, they're already thinking by the amygdala, which is the whole part of the brain that's like, oh, that looks cool. Let's do it. You know, there's no proper thinking because that's all prefrontal cortex. That doesn't stop developing till uh, age 26. It's not fully developed till age 26. And so you've got this awesome catalyst right here. You've got our brains that are rewired that they, they go through the amygdala first, which is just, hey, this this looks cool. Let's do it. And yeah. then you're getting that reward from social media. And it is just perpetuating really bad decision-making. And which is why we're seeing so much of this stuff happening within culture. It's, it's crazy. Um, girls are also affected by this too, but boys typically when it comes to really dumb, like, gosh, even, even throwing juice, do you, do you see the one where it was like a thing to throw cheese at people like a slice of cheese? It was just yeah. dead hilarious. Like you'd have people yep. driving down the street and they'd be hucking it in people's cars um there was a motorcyclist that got hit with a thing of cheese a little slap of cheese i mean it's like seriously this is definitely thought of by a guy because
0: hey at least they're outside at least they're outside doing something amy
1: yeah is even that if to justify it they're outside <laughs>
0: they the cheese at motorcyclists well that's bad we obviously because you could like cause an accident like right. that's that's terrible um yeah. we used to do some really stupid things with cars when i was a teenager though um, Did they involve dude. shopping
1: carts? Because I I don't know what it is with guys Watch in shopping it. carts, but that's like a thing. So my son, <laughs> there was a shopping cart that somehow made its way into the park next door. And so him and his dumb friends, like, were like, hey, let's take this sucker up the slide. And there, you know, we had this great conversation, great decision making. 10 minutes later, I look out my kitchen window and I see my kid climbing in at a shopping cart on the top of a slide while his friends are filming. And I'm like, yep, that was a good conversation. <laughs> really made an impact. So. Ah, social media. Yeah, I hope he got some likes. Cause
0: oh my goodness, he didn't
1: get a concussion, so that's a win. I'm like, did you break anything? He's like, no. And I'm like, okay, good. <laughs> don't break anything; it's expensive. So,
0: yeah, for real. Like, yeah, I don't know. What, what, what do you think in terms of age? I mean, I, I don't. I know it's not just age. There's maturity level and things like that yeah, yeah. to consider too, for sure. But. Um, as far as like kids getting access to mm-hmm. social media and, you know, as far as their own social media accounts and stuff mm-hmm. like that, I mean, I was, I was lucky. I mean, I basically, we had MySpace, mm-hmm. um, shout out to Tom, but, <laughs> but Facebook basically came around like I was, they, they opened it up to colleges like mine when I think I was a freshman in college. So it was kind of like the perfect timing, you know, right there as far as, um, you know, being able to get on it. But it was like super cool back then. I mean, Mm -hmm. it was just very basic and very, you know, you basically used it to find uh, people that you were like, you know, you lost track of or something like that or connect with people. And like that's that was kind of the extent of it and it's you know obviously gotten more and more intuitive as 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 we've gone forward but anyway what i don't know do you have any thoughts on that as far as just like age level and yeah when uh, you know what i mean it's it's a tricky thing because their friends are you know they're in a lot of cases their friends are on it mm-hmm. they're like i i because i'm i'm kind of thinking at it from both sides it's like you yeah. don't like why 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 just why like we (laughs) know the effects why open your child up purposely to that Mm -hmm. world um but then at the same time it's like if you don't then is there you know gonna be the social pressure thing and their friends are doing it and are they gonna have that FOMO stuff and like how important is that does that even matter like I don't know so just what are what are your thoughts?
1: <laughs> yeah, and I mean it is it's crazy, right? Because you can't give like a one size fits all answer because every family is different, every dynamic is different. I know with my kids, social media is used oftentimes by their sports teams just to be. Um, and I swear, I know a little bit about sports, um, <laughs> but they're, they're connect with one another to say, okay, here's where the game is, or, oh, we had a change in schedule. So it's one of those to where at to some extent, we have to concede that social media is now a new dynamic of culture, just like the telephone was. Um, there was this huge shift and now we have telephones and now we have this huge shift and we have social media. So to an extent, it is this evolution of culture that we do need to learn to adapt to. And, uh, that is just how it is with all of our walk within Christianity is we need to be able to adapt and navigate through culture. So with kids, I mean is it a need for really really young children i'm i, I got to say no i mean there really isn't much of a need there however if their friends are being if that's the way they're being communicate or communicating with one another it's also important too for them to have that connection especially nowadays but it's something to where it's on us as parents to be able to monitor that so Dr. Leonard Stacks, he, arrived, he uh encourages parents to allow about 20 minutes, especially on sites like Instagram. So that way, within 20 minutes, your kid can hop on, they can see some of the new photos, they can like and make comments and that sort of thing, and then they hop off. And what that does is it gives them a little bit of time to connect uh, with people to see what's going on, that sort, but then it doesn't give them as much time to totally get sucked into social media and then start doing the comparison game. Because that's what happens with girls especially, is they they now start comparing themselves to every other female on the planet and most of the time those people that they're comparing themselves that's not even who they really look like um they're heavily filtered and altered and that sort of so girls especially are more inclined toward depression and anxiety it's scary as a parent because again social media you're you're opening your your child up to the world and to influence to images to things that we can't filter out even i mean there's great programs out there bark is one of them that really helps uh Notify you if your child, especially, is is writing um, depressing lyrics or or making comments uh, that are showing self harm, depression, anxiety, that sort of thing. Uh, it also will register if they're being groomed by strangers. It keeps up on common trends and euphemisms within culture. So there are ways of shielding, but it's not a hundred percent. So. Um, again, I have to defer to the parents leading. Do I think young children, and I'm talking elementary school age, even to middle school, like early middle school, I'm thinking like sixth grade, seventh grade need it? No. I mean, they, they just don't. They, they get to interact with their friends. Now, once you do um, open them up and allow them to start using social media, we as parents, we need to step in and regulate that heavily. Um, my mother-in-law is a, a nurse within an ER and she constantly has teenagers we're talking 15 16 17 year old kids who are coming in and have to be evaluated by the psych ward because they are suicidal because mom and dad took their phone away like that right there is like there's already gone too far because again there's addiction that's forming with social media which is not just adults it's it's uh or not just teens it's kids or adults too that are becoming addicted to social media so one thing that Dr. Sachs recommends is if you've got a child that's using social media to allow 20 minutes for platforms like uh, Instagram, Snapchat, that sort of thing. So what that allows people to do in 20 minutes is they can hop on, they can see the new videos or the new pictures that their friend has posted, they can make a comment, and then they can hop out. So again, it's just enough to where they can stay connected, but they're not on there long enough to, again, start doing this comparison game, which we see most often with females. Females, girls, especially if you've watched The Social Dilemma, which was a... I couldn't tell if that was just a really good documentary or a very long, informative commercial for this one program, but either way, it was really (laughs) fascinating because it showed how girls are disproportionately affected by social media in the fact that they start comparing themselves to others. They don't think they're good enough. They see all these beautiful people uh, on social media and they think, wow, I I need to be like that when they don't quite Mm -hmm. realize that the people who those images there, that's not even them in real life. They're heavily filtered and doctored and Photoshopped. And that sort. So it's one of those to where he really recommends. Uh monitoring your child's social media use to again recognize change in behavior constantly checking in with your child on do you feel pressure anxiety do you feel are you feeling depressed by what you're seeing um a lot when uh, Pew research actually surveyed teens on what they're doing on social media most of them the top thing was hobbies they were looking up you know how to throw a baseball better how to learn to play the guitar that sort of thing and the second thing was humor they were looking for funny videos again we can thank mm-hmm. TikTok for that and yeah. uh and so, okay, we've got these two big things here, but we also need to make sure that they're not getting all this other sort of garbage that's that's in there. Uh, pornography is a huge one um, because, and, and that's one thing that's really interesting about social media is social media has actually fostered this concept of self-objectification uh, among girls to where girls are looking at social media. They see the pictures, they see how many likes certain pictures are, get, are getting. Um, and we saw this with the movie Cuties, which I don't recommend watching, but it's this girl who sees how, oh, if I dress provides provocatively if I act provocatively I get more likes so then the girls are like okay well I want to get more likes so I start dressing provocatively acting provocatively taking the pictures where it looks like I'm laying down and I pretend like I just woke up this way when you know they totally didn't it took like three hours to get their face like that and they still photoshopped it you know it's these things where we (laughs) have to be careful um and be watchful of especially for our girls and so boys uh with boys it's dangerous and reckless behavior they're just more prone to do that thank you testosterone so um so that's where if you are going to allow your kids onto social media it's one of those things like if you're going to allow them that then you parent also need to be willing to step up your parenting game and be actively watching what they're doing and step in and say no and pull the phone away when abuses occur. So we we have done that with our kids to where it's like okay we're we're encouraging you on how you should act, how you should treat people, how you should speak. If you don't do that, then you lose your privileges. We're very upfront with how yeah. this works. When uh Issues occur when there's uh, brokenness that happens. Then guess what? You lose the phone. Um, are they upset? Oh yeah, they are. But it's not to the level to where they're now suicidal, and that's where we have to just be vigilant as parents and be involved.
0: Yeah, because that can for sure get really out of hand really fast. To mm-hmm. you know that suicidality in connection with you know having your phone taken away, like mm-hmm. that's really that's really extreme. But like for for um, for a kid. Who doesn't, you know, again, their frontal lobe's not fully developed yet. Like they're not, you know, they don't, they're not necessarily the most self aware people on the planet. And when yeah. they feel like their whole world is online, like that, that's the thing right. that's, that can get really out of hand so what you're talking about is a is a moderation form of a thing where you know you can use you could use anything in moderation and it's probably not gonna you know overtake your life but it's like when you get to when you cross that threshold of this is not just something that i do for a a, a portion of my day but this is my day this is my life yeah. this is where i live this is where i exist this is how i build connection this is where my social credit is with people like that like when it becomes that then that becomes something that's really, really dangerous, and you know, I just think that there there needs to be. I mean, of course, it should come from the parents, um, but I I just I just think that there's there's got to be like more education on this and understanding on the way that this stuff really works. Because yeah, I mean, like going back to this to the social dilemma, it's like, uh, you know, it's funny at at the at the end of the movie or the documentary they they show it says at the bottom of the screen it says the social dilemma and then they erase the and they put our and Mm -hmm. you know and it becomes our social dilemma and it's and it's true because so so much of the world at this point has really drank the kool-aid and i think that you know that that documentary along with other you know other things that are out there are helping people to to, to see and understand where things are. But the interesting thing is like, I, I watched that documentary and it didn't make me stop using social media. (laughs) You know Mm -hmm. what I mean? And it totally should have, um, maybe not completely, but uh, you know what I mean? Like it, it totally, I mean, I can't, because as you, as you mentioned earlier, like my, my work and the things that I do are so connected, uh, with, you know, through Facebook and through, you know, different things like that for like church work and different things. Like, It's just so integrated, I guess, is what I'm saying into our lives that it's hard to it's it's become I think I said uh, the other day on another podcast that it's like it's we almost have a symbiotic relationship with our phones and they're basically a a part of us, you know? Yeah. And Um, when it when it gets there, it's I mean, it's no no doubt that it could begin to affect people in that way where they feel like oh well you took my phone my life is over yeah you know because there's just no disconnection it's just it's part you feel like it's part of you it's part of who you are it's part of how you express yourself
1: yeah, yeah. And that's where we got to be careful with kids is that they don't equate social media presence with the sum total of their identity. And it, you know, it's one of those yeah. where we don't, we don't want to get to the point to where ready player one was kind of prophetic. And now all of a sudden that's, that's all we are now is we want our social media life to be the reality to where we check out of actual reality only to go into virtual one. And so much of that is happening within social media to where it is just this, uh, it's, it's almost like a dream that we have created of our own, of our ideal selves. You know, gosh, I think of, of Dwight where he's like his, his second, second life, you know, where it was just like, <laughs> <yeah>. <laughs> to where he, uh, he was his exactly the same, avatar, but he yeah. could fly. Yeah. Um, so and no, yeah, but, but
0: let me just say Amy on that, like, um, it's, it's not, I, it seems like that's the roadmap though. Like that's literally the, the roadmap that's being drawn right now, even in, and this is just a small, you know, example of this, but well, it's a, it's a big example of it. I think like the whole rebranding of Facebook to Meta, I, and I keep calling it Facebook by the way, but you know, the, the rebranding of Facebook to meta, um, Mm. and their dump of like $10 billion, I think it is into the, you know, the formation uh, so far as their investment into their metaverse, you know, or their version, their their section or whatever of the metaverse uh, whatever you want to call it apparently you're not supposed to it's only one metaverse Ah. you know like supposedly apparently apparently that's that's the thing uh and there's different ecosystems within the metaverse but anyway i digress on that but it's just like um with that it's for sure like it seems like the ready player one thing you know that's that's not one generation yeah. Yeah, it could be. I hope yeah. not. Well, hope and it that's where-
1: get... Oh, I'm sorry. Go ahead.
0: No, go please.
1: <laughs> I, I was gonna say, and that's where you know we say, okay, we need to we need to limit social media. Okay, so what do we do? Because you, we need to still be fostering and nurturing uh whole, the whole person, right? So that's where yeah, it's right. like, okay, if we're going to be um, cutting back, and you know, I I know of parents who are like, you know, what, we're just not doing cell phones until you know the kids go off to college. And It's like, hoorah, that's awesome. But on the other side of things, they're also fostering in-person relationships, and that's what we need to be doing too with our kids. Is we need to make sure. That they are not overcommitted in their extracurricular activities, but that they are involved in nurturing normal conversations and discussions and groups. Um, yeah, yeah. One thing that was suggested that I think is so great um, is uh, is the problem with part of this uh, aspect of social media, to where you know you're like blogging or or that sort of thing. Is uh, it's pointed out that this actually isn't introspective like it was when we were kids, when you would like write in a journal um, mm. or a diary. Like when you're working that stuff out, you are, it's, you're getting to know yourself. You're getting to learn more about yourself. You're working out problems. And when you write something down, the you're connected, your mind and, and body are connected in a way to where you're slowing your thought process down. You're actually reflecting on what you're writing. You're keeping it private. Cause you know, God, wow. heaven forbid anyone actually see your journals. Whereas nowadays with blogging, it's not that way. Yes. It might be sort of this virtual diary, but for the most part it is just another aspect of performance. So there is no introspection there. So especially with kids, girls especially, it's one of those, this would be kind of one of those lost arts that we almost need to be fostering in our kiddos too. Is to, okay, you know, this is your special place to where you can just sit here, you can pour out your heart. I still have my journal and yeah, there is some ridiculous ridiculous teenage angst going on in those pages. But it was great because again you're developing and you're learning and growing and who you are, whereas social media does the exact opposite. It shows you all these other things and you're trying to figure out who you are and that's not attractive and that's not getting the like. So I need to find something else in a way Social media sort of spawns this existential crises, whereas when we look at even just the simple act of journaling, we can now learn who we are and grow and develop and mature in a way that's healthy. Whereas you just don't get that as much within social media.
0: Wow, that's that's really really good what you just said. I'm like for real. I'm gonna start that tomorrow (laughs) with my kids because like I tell adults um, to do that all the time. Like like hey, you should write. Like you should write about that. And I think with yeah, like that's it seems like that's a muscle that is not really being developed anymore in our, you know, kids' brains to mm-hmm. be able to write, as you said, like introspectively, not in a way because we'll write. Maybe you you even will write a a, lar- a long message on you know some social media platform or whatever. But then you're like backspacing and like put fixing stuff and and whatever. Because again, yeah, as you said, like you're kind of filtering it for how you want people to perceive you know, what you're saying, there is something that I think is I'm so in agreement with you on that. It's so healthy to write and to journal and to, to do that, to get your thoughts out on paper, to articulate your thoughts, because so often um, it, we have a hard time, I think, even understanding how we feel until mm-hmm. we take it out of us. And um, yeah, that's really good. Yeah. Really like well, that.
1: and just even, you know, just that being able to just be completely broken on a page. Like I, I remember as a kid, just like writing and just being so angry. And what's so great about a page is that you can, you can rip it out, tear it up, throw it away. Nobody's going to see it. Uh, mm-hmm. If you put it out on the internet, it's there forever. Like there is no going back. Um, yeah. And so, yeah, you get that as well to where you can, you can work things out a little better. You can slow down. Um. And, uh, and yeah, it's really helpful. And it's just something that's great that can be can be fostered pretty easily with kids because most kids know what that is because they've seen Diary of a Wimpy Kid. So they know what a journal is. So luckily it isn't sure. something that's too foreign to them, like, you know, rotary phones or, yeah.
0: <laughs> rotary phones are so much fun. Have you for seen like the videos?
1: Like we talk about social media. Have you seen the social media videos of like pe- the parents give their kids like a rotary phone and the kids are like, wait, how does this work? And they're like, what forward, is this? So
0: yeah. yeah, it's awesome. No, it's amazing. I, I, I do feel very, very privileged to be sort of, um, I'm kind of an elder millennial. Yeah. So t- to be a part of the gen- generation that kind of like grew up in the transitionary phase of all of these things, you know, so because um, when I was a kid, we had those big bulky TVs, I think I got my first cell phone when I was in um, high school. I don't, I might, I was either a, I might have been a junior too in high school when I got my first cell phone. And it was like this really small flip phone. Like that's when it was cool to have a small phone. Mm -hmm. Phones went from big, phones went from huge to like normal. And then like they got really, really small. And then once the screens came out with, you know, multiple points of touch on your screens and like the first iPhone, then they they gradually started getting bigger again. But yeah, like and then with the advent of social media and the whole shift of the of the Internet as we know it and everything, I feel really privileged to have been part of both generations so to speak where i grew i grew up for a little while without like any of that kind of stuff mm-hmm. and that like playing outside and everything was still like a really normal thing and like riding your bike and like all that kind do. of stuff was like a really normal thing and uh yeah but you know to have kind of like had that crossover time and and to you know experience the other side of it as well I do feel privileged, you know, to be on both sides of it. And, um, for sure, you know, people say a lot about, there's a lot of people that say things about like, they, they want to complain, like the older generations want to complain about the younger generations, whether it's, you know, the Xers complaining about the millennials or the millennials complaining about the Gen Zers or whatever it is, but like complaining about the, the, the younger generation. And it's like, well, okay, but, you help to like raise these people, <laughs> like yeah. you help to you help to create the, the yeah. Like don't just don't just make it all about 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 them and mm-hmm. you know it's just crazy. I feel like there are definitely um, amazing things that we should embrace about technology, uh, but then also other things that we should not forget about um, just because of the fact that. We don't have to do them as a regular part of life anymore in terms of entertainment and Mm -hmm. enrichment and fulfillment and things like that like we don't have to do these things like i don't have to go outside um to in order to pass the time throughout my day because there's so much that i could do inside my house i could just watch netflix or i could just be on my phone or i could be doing whatever um so it's like the the idea of entertainment it doesn't have to be that way anymore but I do think that um, there's there's just something that's so so healthy about you know not just surrendering those things and 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 moving on from those things, but still you know passing that along like to mm-hmm. these next generations.
1: Yeah, I, I don't even know. If-
0: that makes sense. No, no, that, that but... makes
1: Absolutely. No, I totally agree. And yeah, it is. It's important to to not only adapt with the change because then, because I, I know I'm I'm also in the older millennial crowd, but the second I can't do anything on my phone, my kid accuses me of being a boomer. So he's like, okay, boomer. And it's just like, hey, I'm trying here. So yeah, we've been able to see this, this huge uh,
0: <laughs> explosion.
1: I know. I get, I get That's so that.
0: funny. You just skipped like four generations, send you all the way back to the boomers.
1: I know. That's I'm just crazy. like, really do? I was like, I will take your phone away just for that comment. So, um, so yeah, That's but good. it is, it's important to, to be engaged with culture, uh, to shift along with culture, to uh, continue to shepherd uh, our kiddos, to be able to not be, um, not be changed by culture as well. We're supposed to be in the world, but not of it. And so it's we also yeah. need to be proactive in shaping our children, not only in how to conduct themselves on their online, uh, lives because gosh, as we've seen with cancel culture, anything they do now in like middle school, it's like, we joke with my kids. I'm like, oh yeah, you posted that on social media. Now you can't be president, you know, because that's going to come up. (laughs) So uh, it's, it's so important to help our kids learn how to, how to conduct themselves properly. And you know what, at times when, when they don't, because, Hey, we're all human, they're human. They're going to do some dumb stuff and they're probably going to record it. Um, it's important for us too, as parents to step in and tell our kids, no, I mean, that is what we are supposed to be doing as parents is protecting, not just rolling over and saying, Oh, well, I can't really take their phones away. Yeah, you can, you pay for it. Um, you're the parent, you're the adult go ahead and do that. Because again, we're trying to teach our kids healthy boundaries and respecting themselves and respecting others. And they have to do it on social media as well as in real life.
0: Wow. You know, uh, uh, in the going back to the the social dilemma, um, there's one thing that one of the the guys and I I don't I don't know his name, but there's one thing that one of the guys said he was kind of just giving some very basic like ideas about, you know, just social media in terms of um, kids using it and stuff like that. And he was talking about how, in his opinion, this is just and he was very clear, like, this is just my opinion, but I think like 16 is probably a good age, you know, mm-hmm. for someone to start being able to use social media and stuff like that. But then it's funny how they were talking about how so many people in the tech world that are involved in the creation of yeah. apps and that are involved in these companies, like they ban it in their homes. Like they yeah. do not allow their children to use it at all. And, uh, you know, some of them were even saying how very, like they're very, very strict about it. Like it's not something mm-hmm. that they have access to because they know, because you know what some people. I think more and more people are becoming aware of this now, uh, but I, I think that a lot of people still don't realize that like they are, they're, they're essentially being like mined mm-hmm. for, yeah. you know, for their attention by, you know, by these companies that again, they're providing something that's awesome and that we get a great social experience out of it. But there's like this underlying reality to it that it's like, you are their um, product, so to speak, yeah. you know what I mean? Like they're, um, and you're being manipulated, you know, and so, so something that, that, uh, that, that, you know, that did, that was just mentioned on on the show as a, as a point of advice was like, hey, how about like, don't, don't just automatically watch, don't just automatically click on the next video that they recommend to you. Because as they start, as they're recommending things to you, then all you're doing is perpetuating the cycle of like allowing the algorithm to learn your behaviors so that they can keep marketing to you in a way that is essentially manipulative because they're just trying to get you like everything that, that all of these apps do is designed to keep you on the platform. Like that's all it is, right? They want Mm -hmm. you there. They want your attention. Um, and you know, there's different reasons behind why they want your attention, but you know, they want you to stay on there as long as possible. So they're going to keep showing you the things that you want to see. It's so funny how, like I can be on a completely different, like not even on social media. Like I can go, like I'm on, what was it? Oh, I was on Vistaprint, um, to like print some business cards. Or to oh, okay. order some business <laughs> cards like a yeah no it's not a, I'm it's a sorry, social so media platform a called <laughs> yeah my bad that's so, uh, see that's an actual. yeah <laughs> 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 yeah um i just got a text earlier today that uh that that uh about a new social media platform that's like that trump is on but anyway uh oh, that's beside the point so that's
1: gonna end well
0: so yeah so um let me tell you about this amy um Vistaprint is another, it's another website. Remember when there used to be websites besides social media websites? (laughs) Now everything is just like all on social media and you hardly ever have to go to a regular website these days. But anyway, I was like, literally, I went on a website called Vistaprint because I wanted to order some business cards. And so I did that. And then what happens today in my uh, feed on social media, they're advertising business cards to me. Mm-hmm. um just because i you know went there so I, it, it wasn't on their platform it wasn't something that i searched for but they know they know amy they know what we're doing <laughs> <They> <laughs> and really so do. like they just they just know they're after your they're just they're after your tendencies and you know the more we just give into it because well what's the big deal like mm-hmm. you know what i mean what's the big deal amy so what if yeah. you know it because we're just so willing, I think, to sacrifice our freedom for convenience. Yeah. And we're so willing to sacrifice our privacy for convenience. And we're here and I don't know, I mean, I don't know. I don't really know whether or not there's a way out of it or not.
1: <laughs> no, because I mean, but... that's, like you're saying, that's, that's how the system's built, right? That's that's just part of the yeah. matrix. It's, not, it's trying to figure out your likes. It's trying to keep you on the app because the longer you're on the app, the more ads you see, the more ads you see, the more money and revenue they can pull in. I mean, it's a total agenda. That's one of the things where with social media, it's one of those to where we have to realize that there is a man behind the curtain and he's not a friendly old guy trying to get you home. He is trying to <laughs> manipulate you and get your money and your identity and all sorts of things to where we do. We do have to be cautious with it, um, but like you said, is it escapable? Is it? And it's not. I mean, more and more businesses nowadays are going online to where you have mm-hmm. to be have be social media savvy just to do your basic job. And gosh, even even us, you know, we're doing ministry online to where even we could not pull out necessarily unless we wanted just to completely shut down a lot of our ministries because again, it's integral to be present online. So it's it's an awareness of. Knowing what's out there, knowing the agenda behind it, um, and then shepherding good social media practices within the home and modeling it. You know, we gotta. Mm. And I'm guilty yes. of this myself. Is is you know I need to put my phone down more. And there have been times where my even my husband, I'll like I'll be on looking at. Uh, I'm a victim of Pinterest, right? So uh, I'll be on Pinterest and I'll get like a text message across That's the phone school, from my husband who's next to me. He's like, hey would you do it? And I'm like, dang it. I am not being present with my loving husband here. So yeah, it's just, it, it's easy to get, easy to get sucked in, especially when it's entertaining, like entertainment, especially for young people. That was the two big things that they looked up were hobbies and things that were funny. So we are just all about entertainment. And like you said, we will sacrifice the people we're with just to be, uh, sort of alone together, I think is what, um, Oh gosh, I was practical guide to culture. That was uh, John Stone Street and Brett Kunkel that talked about the problem with social media among youth is this and families in general of just being alone together. And we need to take that back.
0: Yeah, that's really, really good. Because yeah, at the end of the day, I mean, we're not uh, necessarily on an individual level like impacting the way that uh, you know, these companies are behaving and stuff like that. But we also don't have to just surrender to it fully and be like, okay, like, like, let's just forget about it, we can make good decisions and healthy decisions. And we can foster that within our own lives and within our own families. And uh, even to an extent within our own communities, I think, to, yeah, just to just to be, I think, I think, like you said, being educated on it, and just kind of knowing, like, when it goes beyond that point of like, what's what's healthy for, for your mind for your brain. And, um and everything else you know like we can make we can still make good decisions even though it's the whole system is set up the way that it's set up um we can still make good decisions in the midst of that and i think that that's really really important so um so yeah yeah that's really good okay. i i had something else i wanted to ask you um but it just kind of slipped my mind i told you i'm kind of my mind is kind of fried tonight <laughs> that's totally um, okay <laughs> been in class all day all week really and my brain is just kind of like shot but uh but amy i really do i I appreciate you again coming on the show i always love these conversations and um yeah so thanks so much
1: yeah, not a problem. And just full disclosure, if my face looked weird, like I was doing all these weird facial features about twenty minutes ago, it's because my kid was trying to walk by and I was like motioning him. I'm like, "Come on, you can go." And uh, <laughs> yeah, so I apologize. I realized I was like, "Oh, I'm making faces, and people can see that, and they're probably wondering what the heck is going on." And it's because I was trying to motion a child off screen. So, no, but no, cool. it's been it's been great being here, Luke or Duke. So, thank you so much for having me.
0: Yeah, absolutely. Um and uh you you already we already got you scheduled to come back, right? Cuz you got to come back for Flag Day.
1: Flag Day. Yeah, and you'll have to watch not this <laughs> one, but the episode previous to this where we d- had this whole like tangent for probably a good 10 minutes about uh, you know, these just these random holidays that need more more uh visual uh being, representation within culture. So, yeah, we're coming back Flag Day, everybody. <laughs>
0: yeah 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 yeah. that's right because so last time it was uh columbus day right and that was just it just happened to be columbus day yeah and yeah so i think we made a joke or you you made a joke about coming back on for like flag day next time i thought that was really funny and then when we were talking setting up setting up this um this time for you to come back i just happened to look ahead and i saw in february and it has all the all the holidays are listed on my on my calendar so i saw that flag day was coming up so um, and it happened to be on a thursday i'm pretty sure it's a thursday where i do these episodes anyway so anyway so yeah so we got you scheduled to come back on flag day so we'll keep going we'll have some more more conversation we'll see what the topic's going to be for that time but uh Amy just remind some people again I know we did it at the top of the show as well but just remind some folks where they can go to find um yeah some more resources and stuff like that
1: Yeah. So, uh, it looks like it's already on the front of the screen. MamaBearApologetics.com is a great place where you can go and connect with us. You can see our blogs. We've got audio blogs, podcasts. We even have things coming out on YouTube now, which is so great. So any way that you listen, that you learn, that you talk, uh, with your families, we've got a media source to meet your needs. And so hop on there. We've got a resource page. We've got a spot where you can ask us questions. We are also present on social media. So if you are on- Yep, we're on Facebook, we're on Instagram, um, we're on Twitter as well. Uh, we're not on TikTok, um, because none of us are just big TikTokers, and uh, but we're there. So reach out to us. Especially Facebook Messenger is a great way to get a hold of us. Those come directly to us to where you'll have one of us, Mama Bears, seeing it, reading it, and we will get back to it as soon as we can. Uh, it's a great place where we have connected with moms just on a one-on-one level if they're going through something. Um, we can speak uh speak life into that at where they're at and so it's just a great way to connect with us and again yeah resources are available there so come and find us and also for these great chats duke if you're open to this you know if 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 you're hopping on the mama bear site and you have a question about something or you want duke and i to handle a topic uh write it in the comments um send a message we will tackle it
0: oh yeah i'm down for that for sure for sure for sure um, yeah. And, and let me just say, since you since you brought that up about being on social media, like I do think that it does matter, um, you know, as far as the the content that's produced. And I, I know that there is so much there's so much content that's 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 out there, but there's so much negative content and there's so much, you know, just whatever that, um, you know, if you have a good a good message and you have something that you. Um, know just something positive even to share um it's just it's so important i think for us to engage in that way and uh to put that stuff out there you know what i mean like for for a very long time i it took me a really long time to start actually like creating content because i always had this idea in my mind that I was going to be, that I didn't want to like, I didn't want to promote myself. I didn't want to do this thing. And I still don't want to do that. But, but I finally got to the point where I was like, um, I have to do this because like God's calling me to do this. And I'm denying something for just because like, I, I have these ideas that I'm going to be self-promoting and I'm going to be doing. And prior to <laughs> like prior to, me like getting into the whole podcasting world and writing and stuff like that. I was like pretty, I didn't like social media. Like I didn't like yeah. being on, you know, I had my accounts and stuff, but I was on and like posting very, very little mm-hmm. and even going on and just checking stuff out. I didn't do it a whole lot. Uh, but, but you know, then it was, it turned into this thing where it was like, okay, well I've got to, I've got to post, I've got to promote this thing or this, whatever, and do that. And uh, so I got into the world of like posting a lot more because I started creating content and stuff like that. But I do think that even though it is kind of a, a broken system from our perspective, from their perspective, it's working perfectly and <laughs> bringing yeah. in like trillions of dollars. But uh, even in the midst of that, you know, I do think that the 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 good content, the positive content, you know, let me talk to... My my Christian folks, for a minute, you know the stuff that you're putting out there that promotes Jesus, that promotes godly relationships, and whatever it is that you're putting out there, uh, I do think that it's so so valuable. So, um, yeah. So all that having been said, Amy, I appreciate what you and the Mama Bears are doing. Really, really appreciate how you speak into these topics and these conversations that are not the easiest conversations to have, and honestly, they're conversations that a lot of, um. A lot of like in the church, we tend to shy away from the conversations that center around sexuality and things of that nature. Yeah. And there's a lot that you all engage with intentionally, kind of like running into the fire to go after these conversations because they are so important. It's so important that we learn how to think critically and practically and most importantly, biblically about you know some of these big challenges that we're facing in life. So again, I just want to say thank you for all that you're doing.
1: Oh, thank you so much. Yeah, it, it it is. It's there have been times where we've written on subjects to where like I've I've we're like okay, Amy, we're gonna post your blog, and I'm like, ooh, yeah, this is gonna make some people <laughs> mad, and you just kind of sit there. It's kind of you know you just kind of chuck the grenade, and you're like, I wonder how this is gonna work out. You know, <laughs> it's <laughs> like as as long as I'm speaking truth, you know, that's 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 the goal, right? As long as we speak truth, then whatever happens to God be the glory. So, uh, so yeah, it's awesome. Uh, Again, social media is is broken and flawed, but it can be used to give God glory.
0: Absolutely. Absolutely. Well, thanks again, Amy. Thanks everybody for checking out this episode. Really, really appreciate you guys. If you get a chance to like, subscribe, leave a review, anything like that, I would really, really appreciate it. And uh, Amy, look forward to seeing you back for Flag Day. Oh, I'm so
1: pumped. I'm going to get flags. <laughs> I'm telling you. I'm going all out.
0: <laughs> awesome. I'll see you next time. Okay.
1: We'll see ya.